Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight, presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. All right, welcome to the program, Broncos Country Tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, 303-713-8585 is our phone number, 56690 is our KOA Centura Health text line at Albright NFL, at R. Edwards Radio, of course, the station at KOA Colorado. The Rockies fall the Pittsburgh Pi- Pittsburgh Pirates in the first game of their series, two to one, and uh, Pittsburgh improves seventeen and twenty four overall. Rockies fall nineteen and twenty two. Just could not get anything going on the base path. Brubaker was uh, sensational, really uh, six and two thirds, zero earned, four strikeouts, eighty five pitches. Uh, impressive performance there. The Rockies look to get back tomorrow night at uh, five. Uh, it's actually a 4.30 first pitch, and then uh, we'll, of course, have uh, coverage on KOA at 4 o'clock. Benjamin Albright here with me as we're uh, watching the Avs game, and uh, we're walking up to On the Ice at 10 o'clock. Hi, Ben. Hello, sir. It's good to be back. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. And uh, we had a chance to take in uh, Broncos training camp today, OTAs. So we'll have a chance to talk about OTAs coming up here in just a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, here for the Rockies, you know, I mean, they're just – uh, you know the inconsistency here. Uh, I, I thought the pitching staff overall did a great job. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they Cole had quite a few walks out there. There were probably too many uh, base uh, runners out there for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates, but otherwise, I thought the the Aval or the Rockies. Sorry, watching the Avs. Talk about the Rockies. But the Rockies uh, o- overall just couldn't get their bats going, and this is one of the things that has been such a problem for the Rockies historically. Getting pitching working one night and the hitting the next night and they just can't seem to get on the same page well that's exactly it i mean it, that's been the problem with the rockies for a number of years is, is they can't seem to find or get both sides of the ball on in, in sync and on the same page consistently enough to be a winning baseball team uh you you have uh spots of, of just great pitching i mean that was that was good pitching today you know i mean the, the pirate side to their credit it was great pitching uh, better pitching but uh you know good pitching and you just can't wake the bats up and then you'll have days where you have an offensive explosion and uh and the pitching can't hold it so uh, it's kind of been the knock on the Rockies for uh, well, almost the entire time I've been out here in Colorado, at least the last 10 years. Um, that's, you know, something that they have to resolve to, to whatever end. They've got to figure out a way to resolve that. Yeah, 100%. And timely hitting as well. They had opportunities. Uh, they just could not cash in. The Avalanche are already trailing the Blues one nothing. A turnover by Devon Taves uh, ended up giving the Blues an opportunity. We're on a four-on-four right now. Well, obviously, I talk a little bit about the Avs tonight. We have a new show coming up at 10 o'clock on the ice with Brandon Cristal, Anthony Rodriguez. They're going to take up to midnight tonight, breaking down this game. But so far, early on, Avalanche are leading this thing in shots on goal. They're up 10-3, but uh, they have not been able to get the production as far as an actual goal here to tie things up. The Blues, meanwhile, interestingly enough, have had the first goal in all four games, 
just remarkable. I mean, the, the, the Avalanche lead the series 2-1, to one, but the Blues have scored first, so it's not necessarily any kind of indication of what's going to happen in this game, but at least right now, the Avalanche uh, continue to kind of dig out of a hole, Ben. Well, yeah, and I think that speaks to the Avs' conditioning as well. You know, um, they, they're able to wear down the Blues, you know, over time and uh, come back, take you know, take leads. Um, I think that uh, I, you know, as this Colorado team, it's it's pretty deep, it's well conditioned, and uh, I, I you know, I think they'll come back and win tonight. I do. Um, you know, we'll see. I, early on, I was watching it. I'm not watching it at the moment, but uh, early on, I was watching it, and uh, it looked like they were more more concerned with maybe getting a little revenge than they were about uh, playing hockey. Oh, yeah. Uh, very, very clear early on in this one. You saw them going after Kadri, chasing him into the, the neutral zone. And so, yeah, I mean, that that's clearly an indication here. The Blues, you know, not not probably focused so much on on this specific game, but they are up one nothing. So uh, we'll see how that thing plays out over the course of the evening. OK, Ben, so I want to get to a lot of things. First of all, our uh, show me the money bet uh, right now. Um, I, what did you end up taking with that? Uh, earlier tonight miserable failure that's what i i believe i took misery that's uh <laughs> that's what i took because i i watched a little bit of that and uh i think i had the heat and seven points and uh and i believe i had the over it doesn't look like it come anywhere near the over and last i saw the heat were getting the the doors blown off them yeah they're down 71 42 my goodness this is uh yeah i mean again th- this is what's so wild about these things right i mean you, you can't even predict this like the heat just looked like the better team coming into this series. I think I, I like the Celtics. I like this series, but I just thought the Heat were going to be the team that, that ends up coming out of this thing victorious. And here you are. They're up 2-1, and they're down by 31 points in the third quarter. And they, they just look... You know, it's like, uh, what is it, the Monstars or whatever? Like in the very first... Yeah, the very first Space Jam. It's like they took all the juice out of the Heat, and they're just a bunch of dudes out there. Yeah, uh, they look uninspired out there. I'll say that, so... Uh, you know, we'll see. If I'm the Miami Heat, you're down 30 at this point. Just rest everybody, put your scrubs in, and and uh, and, and try to bounce back after a after a drubbing like this. Five six six nine zero is our KOA Central text line. If you want to hit us up there, you can also leave us a message on the iHeartRadio app. That's right, stream the station on the iHeartRadio app. There's a microphone in the upper corner. If you want to say hi to us, tell us what you think about the Avs. Tell us what you think the final score will be. All those kinds of things. Love to hear from you. Uh, also, talk a lot about Broncos OTAs. If you have any questions as it relates to Broncos OTAs. Uh, but Ben and I were out there. Ben, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Broncos OTAs. We'll probably get into a little bit more on the other side. What's your overall scope on what we saw out there today? Well, I guess it depends on what you're looking at. Um, I think that these these practices have a little more pace to them. I think there's a little more energy out there. Um, you know, certainly uh, uh, saw an attitude of... Uh, uh, a lot of the guys out there seemed like they were having fun. There was definitely some laughing. There was, uh, you know, some chirping back and forth and, you know, some good, good smack talk. Not, uh, you know, not, not chippiness, not, not trying to fight or anything like that, but a good smack talk, a healthy smack talk back and forth, you know, after, after plays. And, you know, I, I think that that's good. I, I think, uh, you know, rediscovering the fun of football and, and why you play the game, I think that, uh, I, I think that's good for this football team. I think that's something that's been lacking the last couple of years. Um, you saw guys, you know, kind of kind of joking and laughing and and, and having fun and, and, and coaching each other up and, and going out there and doing the right thing. Like I said, we talked about pace. Uh, it felt a little bit uh, faster paced. Um, I think that's a good thing. Um, so I, I think from from those perspectives, I, I think that's good. Uh, day one of OTAs, it's not going to look like the finished product when you when you see it. So, uh, understandably, several several people out or not there or injured or, or whatever else, and we know that. 
Um, you know, I thought I saw a little bit of rust a little bit uh, in the passing game on the offense. I think Russ was throwing the ball a little bit behind the receivers, but to their credit, didn't see too many balls hitting the ground. You know, they were catching them, uh, adjusting on the football. So once Russ and the receivers get the timing down, I think it'll be even more deadly because the offense clearly got the better of the defense there out there playing, but I think it was kind of designed that way. Well, I, I thought later on, P.J. Locke came up with a, a nice breakup. They had an interception there on Josh Johnson ended up throwing an intercept. Or yeah, that's right. Josh Johnson ended up throwing an interception later on in the practice during the red zone. So I, I, I agree with you, though. And one of the things I, I did appreciate about the structure of the practice, because we haven't had a chance to see a lot of these, but what I loved about the structure of the practice was there weren't a lot of wasted reps out there. I mean, even when they were doing red zone, it wasn't like the second team was all standing around while the first team was out there and then they just subbed in and out. It was the second team on one end of the field, the first team on the other end of the field. And and, and even when they went through some other passing drills, they, they had multiple passes going out. So if you were running a route, you were likely getting a pass throwing your way. Uh, I, I don't know why they didn't really do that very much under Vic Fangio. Uh, I mean, that, that seemed like something from the previous regime. They, they, but with Vance Joseph, they were, they were into the multiple players catching passes out in routes. I always thought that was a, a good way to practice, hey, I'm, I'm running this route with the intention of catching a pass rather than just running the route and then turning around and being like, oh, I wasn't even being looked at by the quarterback. Yeah, I think it encourages you to work all the way through the route. You know, I think it practices working all the way through the route rather than I'm not the focal point this time. You know, maybe I'm the dummy or the clear out guy or whatever. Um, you know, maybe I'm the snag guy, whatever. And so, and I think, I think, I think, I think it does. I think it encourages you to work all the way through. And we've seen some mental lapses at times, a couple of players, that, you know, sometimes haven't worked all the way through. Uh, I think it's a good thing. It's good habit forming. And I think it maximizes every rep, you know. So, and I think that this coaching staff is big on that. I, I think that this coaching staff um, is, is very, very keen on making sure they maximize every second and every rep, every, everything uh, about that that they can. I think it's a positive thing. Um, there were some, some things out there I like, some route concepts that we, you know, we haven't seen last couple of years um, that, uh, that, that I feel like better take use or better make use, rather, of the personnel that, uh, that the Broncos have on offense. And, you know, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of excited to see this thing start to get built, come together, and get deployed. Boy, it was fun watching uh, Nathaniel Hackett during some of the first team offense out there and just how excited he was. And he was just sort of standing in the middle of it. And, and interestingly enough, and, and I mean, this shouldn't surprise anybody, but Nathaniel Hackett spent most of the day around the offense, just like Vic Fangio spent most of the time around the defense. And, and yet it, it seemed like, I don't know, some of the, the media members used to give Vic Fangio a really hard time for that. I'm wondering, as I was watching Nathaniel Hackett out there with the offense and working predominantly with the offense, if we're going to hear some of those same tropes out there from media members saying, oh, well, there he is, only working on the offensive side of the ball. I, I mean, I doubt it because, you know, they bang that drum with the last one and they'll get exposed for not really knowing anything about football and, and crafting narratives <laughs> to, to try to sell uh, ED ads in their columns or whatever. So I, I, I doubt it. I mean, I, I challenge them to do it. Um, I'm, I'm definitely here to see them try to do it. See, this is what I missed. I missed you last week because I get to tee things up like that and you can just knock them out of the park. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right, coming up next, 835, we'll continue with a breakdown of Broncos OTAs. Who are the stars, at least perceived stars? We'll get to it next. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. All right, welcome back to the program. Broncos Country Tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, 303-713-8585. 56690 is our KOA Health text line at Albright NFL. At our Edwards Radio, the station, of course, at KOA Colorado. And as always, you can uh, find us, Broncos Country Tonight, on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Broncos Country Tonight. Subscribe to the podcast. And, of course, while you're there, you can stream the station. And uh, click on the microphone. Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Avs trailing one nothing to the Blues after 1. And uh, we're, of course, going to tell you about our great show coming up here at 10 o'clock on the ice with Brandon Cristal and Anthony Rodriguez. we got people texting us right now. Asking us about the show coming up. Yes, we're going to have Avs post-game coverage coming up tonight at 10 o'clock with Brandon Cristal and Anthony Rodriguez. Can't wait to listen into that. Of course, Benjamin Albright and I have you up until then. Uh, by the way, Ben, um, this story that's sort of making the rounds, I want to get back to the Broncos. The story making the rounds about Brendan Langley and uh, sort of an altercation that took place at an airport. What do you know about that? Well, <clears throat> say that. I'm sorry, you cut the right. What was that? I said the story about Brandon Langley getting into an altercation in an airport. What's going on with that? Yeah, um, I don't have all the facts on that right now, but uh, apparently that that is something that's alleged to have occurred. I'm using "alleged" in in quotes. So uh, by the uh, by the next segment, we'll get uh, we'll get all that information together. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to see if there was anything out there new on that. But um, yeah, it seemed like uh, that was kind of making the rounds. Okay. So back to today's practice. Um, out there, uh, a couple of guys that I noticed. First of all, Draymond Jones uh, had a heck of a day out there. Once again, not in pads. We have to always throw that into this conversation. But if you're going with just the the rep, um, he looked tremendous out there going against Quinn Miners. I don't know if that's a any indication of Quinn Miners or just early on. Certainly, the offensive line is still working out some kinks. They're not even playing with their full starters just yet. At least we don't believe they are. So, understanding that there's a little bit of a learning curve there, but Boy, I was very impressed today with Draymond Jones. Yeah, it really was, uh, and you want to see that. I mean, you know, granted, again, we're not working in pads. It's tough for offensive linemen to really uh, block and/or uh, you know continue to block without those pads to kind of to kind of get under a little bit. But uh, so you expect the defensive lineman to have a little bit of a bigger day without you know without that going on. But at the same time, you know, it was nice to see that. It was nice to see him beating people off the snap and you know and kind of being dominant, getting in there and. And all that they're going to need a big year out of him. Um, you know that defensive line is is sort of a question mark, uh, relatively speaking. So, um, you know they're going to need a big year out of him, and for him to to show up and be the player that Vic Fangio was jumping up and down on the table for them to draft back when uh, when he was drafted. I, I think he's in line to have a spectacular year. I'm wondering from your perspective how much it's going to help him having DJ Jones there. And again, this isn't a knock on Shelby Harris, but DJ Jones, I think is, is considered significantly better at the run, which I think is, and he's a space eater. So I think that's ultimately going to help Draymond Jones. You agree? 
Well, yeah, <clears throat> I think that Jones, uh, speak, Draymond Jones specifically, uh, will be used as more of a get-up-the-field rusher rather than a, a clog-the-lanes blocker. I think that's going to be guys like Mike Purcell and you know and DJ Jones, and and I think that, that Draymond will reap the benefits. You're still going to see the edge rush consist mainly of Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory, but um, you know you, you, the the versatility that they have with the bodies they have now will, will kind of allow them to mix and match different packages. You can run some even fronts. You can uh, you can use Draymond from the under tackle, you can kick him out to the edge. There's there's just different things that you can do with him, uh, and I think that he he will be more focused on getting after the quarterback, which I think is his best attribute, uh, rather than necessarily sniffing out the run or, or or tying up blockers so the linebackers can play seekers. So I think um, you know I think this new defense is going to help him a lot, and we you know we saw on day one he appeared to certainly enjoy the uh, the benefits of it. Yeah, I certainly look that way, and so I'm 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 excited to see what he can do. Of course, we were without Randy Gregory today. It's tough because this was one of the signature free agent signings for the Broncos. I know he's still working his way back from that shoulder thing. Are, are you concerned at all about Randy Gregory? And I know this is voluntary OTAs. I'm not definitely not trying to create any kind of clickbait conversation. It's just more a matter of this was one of the signature guys, and he's had problems staying on the field. I'm not freaking out about it necessarily, but I'm wondering where you're coming down on Randy Gregory. I'm not coming down on it at all. I'd be ready by training camp. This was always something that's going to be known. He had the shoulder scope that was known when they when they were going to sign him. These are all things that were that were known ahead of time. So, and his issues staying on the field mostly stemmed from um, compounding punishments on you know on marijuana and stuff uh, based on the previous collective bargaining agreement. So uh, he has had a little bit of injury, but not you know not terribly a lot. Um, so I I don't come down on this. Uh, you know, negatively at all. This was all part of the process and part of the plan, and it gives the opportunity for some of the other guys to get reps out there. And I, I think uh, if you're, you know, Malik Reed, I think he gives you a chance to go out there and showcase your wares. Yeah, speaking of guys that weren't able to practice out there, Jerry Judy was held out of OTAs. Uh, Mike Kliss put this out a little bit after practice, mild back tightness. So he was uh, out there in sweats, just kind of hanging out, going through, um, things with the receiving group, but wasn't obviously practicing. Uh, we also didn't see a couple of offensive tackles out there in Calvin Anderson and Billy Turner. Uh, Graham Glasgow did work, but it was mostly in the individual. They didn't let him work in, in team at all. Uh, we also, let's see here, I'm thinking who else? Uh, Bradley Chubb didn't practice. Who else am I missing? Uh, uh, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Jackson. Right, right. Caden uh, Stearns yeah. was held out, you know, obviously, so... Well, he was doing some individual work. He just wasn't doing the, the team stuff. Right. Yeah, he was held out of team, I guess I should say. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's something, I guess, in, in this portion of OTAs, yeah, there's just no reason whatsoever to risk anything. There's no reason to push yourself. Uh, but I, I think that there is something, and Justin Simmons sort of alluded to this, the opportunity to work with the new coaching staff, the opportunity to work in this new scheme. It, it's valuable time on the field whether it's something that's seen as vastly important, I guess, to somebody like Melvin Gordon, who I think is going to be fine for the season. I think Kareem Jackson is going to be fine for the season. I think more than anything that it's an opportunity to make an impression. You got a new coaching staff, uh, whether you're a veteran that, that clearly has their contract all sorted out and you're not even worried about things, or you're one of the guys that's scratching and clawing to make the roster. I think there's a lot of value to being out there and, and competing. So I, I guess when I, 
when I watched today, I thought that the compete was really good. I, I felt like, as you sort of talked to me, there was there was jawing back and forth. There was a lot of energy. Uh, the compete for these two teams was was or these both these sides of the ball was really great. So uh, even without Ajiro Evero there, that's another guy that I wanted to get to that wasn't there. Uh, even without Ajiro Evero there, I thought that uh, like Nathaniel Hackett had set together what looks like a very competitive practice environment. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I, I, like I said, I think the um, it wasn't too intense, but there was enough intensity. I think that you know a lot of it was uh, you know was guys having fun playing football again. I think that's going to be a big part of it. You're not dreading coming in, you know, trying to cut corners or just get through it. You're you know you're having fun playing football again. I think it's a big thing. And um, you know, I thought I thought I saw a lot of that out there. You're talking about guys um, not being there and other guys getting those reps. I mean, you know, that, that's what you want, right? If you're a down roster guy, um, you know, every, every chance you have to get on that coach's tape and give them one more reason not to cut you. I mean, you want that. So not having those guys there, some of these other guys, gives them a chance to step up. Some of these rookies, some of these, these down roster guys gives them a chance to step up, make some plays and make it undeniable. You can't cut me. Look how good I was. Dude. I, I gotta be honest. And I know that again, without the, the pads, it's tough to really gauge running backs. But I thought Demary Crockett looked pretty good out there, and I, it would have been interesting between Demary Crockett and Mike Boone if the Broncos wouldn't have brought back Melvin Gordon. It's a position that gets banged up, so I I still very supportive of that move, especially for the price. But uh, I thought Demary Crockett and Mike Boone looked pretty dang good out there. I don't know like what your thoughts are on that, but uh, the running back room looks pretty stacked right now. Yeah, and running backs always look good in paddedless practice, you know, because no, you, sure, you can't sure. bring them down and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I did. He and he looked uh, he looked just a little bit shiftier, a little bit quicker, Mario Crockett yeah. did than last year. Last year he was a little stiff in the hips, and um, you know, didn't look like a guy who could put a move on. Looked like he could put a move on this year, you know, like like he could put somebody on a uh, on, on a move. And I, you know, I am excited to see his growth and maturation when we get to training camp and what he's able to do there. Uh, I always thought the the raw talent was there. Um, it's just a question of you know, just a question of the player that he is and the player he could be meeting you know and so i i, I think that uh with, with the running back group I, I do think they have enough talent i think if they hadn't re-signed melvin they'd have drafted somebody but uh no need to do that now you got you know four or five guys back there you uh you like you you're probably keeping three or four of them so um you know melvin and, and javante obviously figure to be safe mike boone probably figures to be safe but a guy like Demary crockett getting some reps right now you know put put some stuff down on tape make it undeniable make them make them make a decision let, let me ask you something. This is a little bit probably early to have this conversation, but it was one of the conversations I was getting into with a couple of media members on the sideline. Uh, the Broncos are, well, more specifically, George Payton at some point is going to be looking to recoup some draft capital. At some point, he's going to be looking at the depth of some of these positions and saying, where can I potentially make a trade in order to get maybe even up to a second rounder? Like I said, this might be more of a conversation down the road. But boy, it's it's hard not to look at some of the depth of this team and start to think about boy what what it would look like if the Broncos were able to to move somebody and maybe free up opportunities for some of these down roster guys. Look, I mean today Travis Fulgham was outstanding. I mean again, without the pads, got to keep saying that, but Travis Fulgham was a wide receiver one for the Philadelphia Eagles for a bit a couple years ago now again whatever that means to you i mean it's jalen hurts right but uh he was catching you know eight nine passes per game for a, a good stretch of games and uh, you know he's a guy that they just signed to a futures contract so uh but he lo he looks like the real deal out there 
So you do wonder about freeing up opportunities. It seems like the wide receiver group would be that that position group maybe you target if they can potentially gain some traction in a trade for draft capital. Well, yeah, and I don't, you're not going to get second rounders out of any of these guys, but uh, you know, as a day three picks, you might be able to load up a couple there and then be able to give yourself some versatility uh, when it comes to the draft in terms of packaging things like that. But yeah, there's a there's a glut of receivers here. Uh, there's a couple of guys here that can play in this league, so uh, you, you're going to have some decisions to make whether you want to practice squad those kind of guys or whether you want to whether you want to trade them and get some draft capital out of it. I think they've got one too many safeties right now. Um, I think there's an offensive lineman probably probably could get shipped out. Um, so I, I think uh, I, I think there are a few players and a few positions here where um, you know the depth far exceeds what you need. I think you just need to get closer to training camp and make sure everybody's healthy, so you don't trade away and a, a position of strength suddenly becomes a position of weakness because you've traded away a guy and another guy goes down. Well, right, and so that's an interesting point too about the timing of it, right? So, you know, I, the conversation I was having with the media members on the sideline was like, okay, well, is that something that you're looking around the trade deadline? As in, again, you think you're a competitor. It's tough to trade away players, and and you never know how it's going to impact a locker room, like the chemistry of a locker room, and that that's always the tough choice to make there. You said it with safeties. I mean, we remember several years back, we've talked about this a ton on BCT, about when they traded TJ Ward. And yes, of course, to put Justin Simmons in. And 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 certainly he's proven to be a very valuable, if not one of the top safeties in the league. But on the other side of that is how it upset the secondary, the the no-fly zone. And so you wonder about the timing of something that like that. Is that something you can usually do around training camp? But that cut down is always so significant. Most teams say, well, cut down's happening, so I don't really need to trade for players necessarily. So it'll almost be a trade deadline. And then at that point, do you err on the side of caution without wanting to upset the locker room? Well, I, I think you take all that into account. I think the main things you take into account is how much health and, and the depth you have at uh, a certain position group, and then you kind of work your way backwards from there. Uh, I don't think you want to remove leadership from the locker room, but I don't think they're going to be trading any of their starters per se. I mean, you know, like I said, there might be an offensive lineman that could that could get dealt in terms of that, but in terms of starting players, I just don't see really any that uh, here in Denver that would get dealt. It'd be down roster guys, and you're picking up you know six rounders, seventh rounders for uh, for doing that rather than letting them hit free agency and let let teams bid the price up, you know, on cut day that kind of stuff. Right. So and that's I guess that's a little bit what we look at. By the way, Avs just tied it up. Very cool to see there. So the uh, the Avs finally get back on the board, and uh, Johnson AJ with the shot there uh, to get the uh, the Avalanche all tied up. So um, very cool. And that's again how the every single game has gone so far with the Avs and the Blues. And it's been one of those deals where the Blues score first first every single game, but the Avs battle back and uh, certainly a uh, very talented team. Okay. Back to this conversation, though, and and I, I think you're right. Maybe maybe it isn't so much to get like that second rounder out of it, but you're right. Maybe it's to get more of the back end draft picks, which certainly for George Payton, he really values. Yeah, he does. Um, you know, an acquisition of capital is something that he's you know he's keen on. He wants to go into the draft with uh, with enough ammo to be versatile and move around. He wants to be able to move up and uh, you know and 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 be aggressive and get the guys they like and you know at the same time be able to move back and play the value game and he, we saw that a little bit you know last year we saw him move up for for Javante this year we saw him move back uh, and still you know get Dulcich so uh, you know I think that uh, I, I think they just want to be able to play the game and in order to play the game you got to have lottery tickets and lottery tickets are draft picks so 
um, you know, I, I think that uh, I think you could see him make a move or two. Um, we've definitely seen him do it before. I mean, Kerry Vincent, they drafted as a, what, a seventh rounder and then traded him for a sixth yeah. uh, in training camp. They, you know, George Payton has shown a propensity for being able to wheel and deal that kind of stuff before, pick up some of those extra bullets and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a different view there. But yeah, they, they have some some nice depth in the offensive line, nice depth there at wide receiver. Definitely, as you mentioned, safety. If Caden Stearns ends up being ahead of schedule, maybe that is a conversation about the role of, of some of their safeties. By the way, P.J. Locke, I don't know if you heard some of Justin Simmons' comments about him. Uh, he, he's been a, a pretty impressive kind of glue guy for for the Broncos as far as in the secondaries. He's just found a way to sort of stick around this team for several years. Well, I was just going to say that. he, You know, he's kind of been a guy that just kind of hung around, you know. And sometimes when you're the guy that hangs around, eventually you get enough tape together, you get enough opportunities that, you know, something clicks and you can you can kind of get in there. He's been a kind of a log jam because obviously the, Kareem Jackson was the other starter. And then you had, you know, Caden Stearns, uh, you know, looking pretty sharp as a, you know, as, as, a, as a rookie coming in there and always being around the ball. And obviously you get Justin on the other side. So it's tough for him to, you know, break in there. But if you make the most of the opportunities you get, you know, I mean, you, you can get in there, make your mark. And, and maybe it's not with the Broncos, maybe it's another team, but uh, you make enough of a mark and, and you're either going to hit free agency or get dealt and, and, and get your chance to, to start somewhere else. So I uh, like him out there, like him out there getting reps. I think he's a good dude and, you know, he's well liked in the locker room. I know that. So, uh, and you were just alluding to the comments that, uh, that Justin made. And, you know, I think he is, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, just needs a little bit of an opportunity and see what he can do. By the way, as uh, I, I'm sure a lot of Avs fans are pretty thrilled to see this, Nazem Kadri just gave the Avalanche their first lead of this game. And here we go. Back, I mean, within seconds, maybe close to a minute, uh, we had uh, the tying goal from EJ and now Nazim Kadri, who has been uh, the focus of a lot of drama surrounding the Avs and the Blues, more specifically Jordan Bennington getting knocked out of the game the other night. Yeah, two goals within 23 seconds. That's uh, pretty impressive there for the Avalanche who are now leading St. Louis Blues 2-1. to one. An avalanche of scoring, if you will, and they can uh, they can debate that kind of verbiage on the new uh, avalanche show, post game show here on KOA a little bit later. Uh, look at you, look at you with that segue and tease. It's almost like you've been doing this for a while. Yes, on the ice, coming up at ten o'clock. We're going to be live until then. Up until ten o'clock, hand things off to Brandon Cristal and Anthony Rodriguez. They're going to have a two hours of Avs talk for you. I uh, can't wait to hear their thoughts on this game, especially if the Avs can plot the win and go up 3-1 in this series. Oh, my gosh, a third goal. Holy cow. <laughs> what did I say this before? A- An avalanche? Do we have a bigger word than avalanche? Landslide. <laughs> Devon Taves just, uh, just uh, put another one in. So within, I'd say overall, like a minute Three goals from the Avalanche, and uh, Huso is. Uh, I mean, they're they're in trouble there with their goalie. He looked looked pretty good, stopping almost everything there in the first period. Uh, second period though has been a completely different story. Now, three straight goals in about a minute time. Uh, very impressive. Yeah, gotta love it. Gotta love the Avs getting in there, getting scoring. And they need to get over the hump here too. They need to get out, get this lead, get this series over with, and and move on from that second round curse. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you want to you want to give yourself uh, opportunity to to rest up a little bit, and and again, it, it's only going to get more difficult. By the way, the Lightning tonight completed a four game sweep of the Panthers, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna be an issue. Um, I, I I think the Avs if the if the Avs can get to the Cup, the finals, then uh, that's gonna be 
that's going to be a problem because I think the Lightning might be the best team in hockey right now. But that's something that we'll obviously look to uh, debate uh, when and if the Avs get that far. But right now they got to worry about the Blues. But if they can hold on here, go up 3-1, you bring the series back home to Denver, and you like the Avs' chances to close that thing out. But again, we're going to have some great Avs breakdown coming up on On the Ice with Brendan Cristal and Anthony Rodriguez coming up at 10 o'clock. We have some more Broncos conversation. I want to talk a little bit about the offensive line, some of the configurations we saw out there today. Also, Peter King picking the Broncos to be last in the division. But an interesting piece of information in there on how he thinks Russell Wilson can get out to a faster start here in Denver. I'll explain when we come back at 9.05. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, Broncos Country Tonight on KOA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.